You're about to listen to another Bonversation. If you like this episode, you can find more at johnlebon.com. Bonversations feature the most interesting and insightful people in the act realm and beyond. Every episode is made possible by people like you who value and support independent media. Now here's your host, JLB. Shit, they're lying to us! Sorry, man, what was that? You gotta come to America, USA. I honestly think I will. We had a uh, member call, not a member call, like a get-together, me and a bunch of the members of the website in France. Mm -hmm. And it was epic, man. There was like six of us there. And I, um, I know America is a big place, but I'm sure if I said to people with enough advanced warning, dude, J- JLB and NYC would go crazy. Like you got to go to New York City. Well, I wouldn't expect people from like the West Coast to come over. But like if I did, if I went to like New York, Chicago and say um, California, say. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm thinking next year, man. I'm seriously thinking next year. For sure, man. You definitely got to do it, man. And, and then you could get yourself uh, some street interviews from people, you know, ask, figure out some people that were actually down there that day and uh, ask them what they saw and see how emotional they get when you uh, say that, uh, that they're lying. <laughs> yeah, well, I listened to your chat with um, Fast Value, obviously, and uh, – yep. You mentioned this idea of, oh, go and speak to the firefighters and whatever. And mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, you know what? I would love to do that. I would love to go to New York and just man on the street interview people and say, did you live in New York during 9-11? And if I say yes, I'll say, do you mind if I ask, what do you remember about this? And then if I bump into someone who's like, oh, I was a firefighter, I'm like, cool, man, tell me. Like, I'm here to listen. I should do that. Because, right. you know, I used For to be sure. pretty confident that nobody died, nobody got hurt, right? But over the last couple yep. of years, I've kind of, I'd prefer to believe no one died. But now I'm like, you know what, man? Buildings that be coming down. How do I know that no one died? Maybe they did. You know what I'm trying to say? Right. And, and going there, going to lower Manhattan will give you a better perspective on, you know, that the position that there were people down there, you know? Like, cause there's people just crawling all over the place. But it's a very densely populated area. You know, I still don't believe the. I still don't believe the three thousand number, though. Oh yeah, of course not. Of course not. But that's what they did to me on the call uh, the uh, yesterday. Was uh, they started asking me, "Oh, well, what happened to the, the uh, people on the planes?" Well, I've I've been on record for many years now stating that there were you no know, dang planes. So for them to to go there just shows you the quality of their argument. Well, you know what? I'm glad you bring that up. So we're doing this a bit differently than normal. Normally, I'll have like my notes ready and I'll introduce the guest a special way. But with this one, I think I'll just insert the little, you're about to listen to another conversation, my little intro. And then I'll just cut to when the recording started officially with this crate bot. And so the listeners have heard the last two or three minutes. I'm talking with Boogeyman. He was one of the first guests we ever had for the conversation series back in May of 2021. And if I had have got a proper planned out introduction, I would have said something like this. If you like 9-11 or media fakery, you're going to love this call. If you don't like those topics, you're not going to like this call because this is what we're talking about. We're talking about 9-11 and the reason we're talking about it is because this man, our guest, Boogeyman, coming to us from somewhere in America, he's very much into this 9-11 topic. 
and is what I would call an OG of the no planes theory. Because there are these people, I happen to be one of them, who don't believe any planes hit the buildings in real life on that day. However, what I'm not so sure about is how many people died. You just heard me explain to Boogeyman a moment ago. I used to be very confident nobody died, nobody got hurt. These days I'm like, eh, maybe they did. Maybe a few. I don't believe 3,000, though. That part I'm still very confident is ridiculous. But how can I say that no one died with complete confidence? I can't say that. I'd prefer to believe it. And I think nobody dying is closer than 3,000 people. That's one of the problems. So anyway, Boogeyman has been around this scene for longer than me, actually. And he recently popped back in to fakeologist.com. And there's been some perturbance and some disturbances over there, Boogeyman. So let's get this clear right from the beginning. What the hell happened? I shouldn't phrase it like that. Let me ask you this. What happened on the call at Fakeologist, which I will link to for listeners when I go and hear it, what happened yesterday? Well, what happened yesterday was I lost control of my emotions, and I realized that was a mistake as far as uh, the listenability of it, for one. And, you know, my position may come off as uh, just pure emotions, like Ab uh, described once the call was just about over there. Um, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Um, it's really just frustration from um, actually providing evidence and getting none in return. So I pretty much just lost my patience with Sparks. You know, we've been going back and forth on Discord off and on over the past few years. And, I mean, I pretty much demolished his argument in 2021 when I first showed up on Discord. Um, before that, I was pretty much reserved to a lurker on uh, Ab's platform ever since he started it. I was there when he started on TalkShoe. You know, I remember those first few calls. And, uh, yeah. Um, I, Let I me give my take. Let me give my take. As a disinterested observer listening to it after it was published, I wasn't there live, and I'm not even on the Fakeologist server anymore. It's about a 40-minute chat. Fast Value has been a member of Fake, a regular Fakeologist for possibly even longer than me. I'm not sure. I've been there for like eight years. He might have even been there longer than me. I'm not sure. But either way, he's been around for a long time, and I personally – like I find him a very likable character. So to hear you and him having this kind of uh, heated disagreement, when you both have valid points to make, in my opinion, it was didn't make for the best radio. But uh, but some of your points I think are valid, and I'm coming around to them. And one of them is that this fakeologist clues forum group of people they actually do go out of their way to discredit Ace Baker's what's he call it the 911 Psyopera. So yeah. Great American Psy Opera. Yeah, that's the one. So you sent me this message maybe a week ago and said, have you seen it? And I was like, yeah, but I haven't gone and rewatched it since I first got into this stuff like eight or nine years ago. So I thought, I'm going to go back and rewatch the Great American Psy Opera. And you know what? It was a lot better than I remembered. And I'm starting to think, is that because I've spent so much time listening to people who talk shit about it and they talk about how much... Better Simon Shacks, um, what was his call? September Clues. The Fakeologist Clues Forum group put the Simon Shack thing as being like the best 9-11, you know, expose, and they shit all over Ace Baker's work, which came out around the same time. Having rewatched Ace Baker's one, I'm like, actually, this is a lot better than I thought. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch Simon Shack's version to see if maybe my mind has been a little bit, mm, how do we say this? Have I been influenced by these people, Boogeyman, is what I'm trying to say. For sure. 
Um, I was, you know, I was a, a subscriber to, you know, first off, I thought Clues, uh, September Clues was a great piece of work. And it, the way it was um, laid out for you with the planes and the uh, media witnesses and all of that, great work. But I think that Ace Baker's work is just a little bit better. And um, Ace has stood behind his work the whole time. Um, Simon has, um, his position has shifted even further down the rabbit hole to, you know, we don't have any real imagery from the day. Like that's what, that's what Simon's take is on it now. So first thing I need to do is give credit where credit's due. Marcus Allen pointed this out many, many moons ago that, well, how are you going to come to any conclusions if you're saying that it's all fake? Like your whole September Clues work is based on analyzing the footage and the anomalies in the footage. You know, most importantly, the planes and, you know, uh, proving that no big Boeing crashed there. It's, it's going to be tough to determine if anything hit the building at all, one way or the other. But we know, as no planers, that no big Boeing crashed into those buildings or in, at the Pentagon or Pennsylvania. So let's get this clear. So the, the listeners who haven't heard your original appearance on Bombersations, I'll put a link to that. We went through all of these different ideas to do with the planes and the buildings where they hollow the Let's Roll forums. What else was there? What's it called? Is it J J Ref? Or there was some other forum that was big at the time. And so we're talking what two thousand? Was it say two thousand five to two thousand six? Around that time, the no planes thing became big. On the was it uh, roughly no, around then? I'd say. Uh, well, Gerard Holmgren was around about maybe two thousand five, two thousand six. Uh, I think Clues, our September Clues came out around two thousand seven. So, you know, from about two thousand seven. So 2010 is when there, we had this um, divide in the 9-11 quote-unquote truth movement where you had no planers versus the plane huggers, basically. Yeah, and so by the time I got involved in all of this was 2000, say 13, 14, and then I started my podcast in 2014. So by the time I got here, this was already several years old, this whole infighting division thing. And then I found fakeologist.com and it was through that that I learned a lot about media fakery and a lot of this 9-11 stuff. So the point here is for the listeners, Boogeyman here was, you were actually active during those um, Truth Awards, like 2007 to 10. You were actually on those forums, you were participating. I was not participating, but I was reading them. Okay, so you you were at least there at the time while this was going down, right? Which I wasn't. And I'm glad you brought that up because people who are listening to this now and that have visited the Clues Forum, you know, regularly, will understand that they kind of have strict policies to adhere by if you um, want to be a member and contribute. Um, One of them is that, you know, your writing and grammar structure, your grammar and your sentence structure has to be on point. And regardless of what point you're trying to make if it's not they're going to ridicule you and then kick you out it's even worse than that man you know what happened to me and i think we touched on this in our oh sure it definitely gets worse it definitely gets worse than that 
And so back in 2015 was when this flat earth thing got big, right? Beginning in February and then through that year. So I was hosting this show called the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, okay? And it helped my channel to, it grew dramatically during that time. And the live shows were getting hundreds of viewers. It was a good experience at the time, which for people who have found this corner of the internet post-2015, they'll find that hard to believe because of what Flat Earth became. But at the time, in the beginning, it was actually a lot of fun and there were some cool people involved. And anyway, I was on Clues Forum, hadn't posted much, if anything, because I was still new. I was learning. I was learning about all this evidence of media fakery and science fakery, the rest of it. And so I was enjoying going. some of their threads, like the dinosaur thread, I think even back then had literally hundreds of different posts. So I was just soaking it all up, taking it all in, doing nothing wrong. And I was, you know, I was, uh, I was kind of amazed by how much information they had on that forum. Anyway, next thing you know, I get accused by one of these Clues Forum people. This is a true story, folks. It's all documented by one of these people on Clues Forum of being a paid shill sent to undermine Simon Shack, And supposedly the committee who created me, like the alphabet agency who sent me to come here, they chose the name John LeBon because it will trigger something in people's subconscious about Simon LeBon. And Simon LeBon's a musician and Simon Shack is a musician. And so you see, that's why the name John LeBon was chosen. I'm not joking, folks. This is the kind of crap that was being now, posted. And next thing I know, of the same thing. Well, okay. dude, next thing I know, I got banned from the forum, right? For being a flat earth promoter. Well, hold on a second. I never promoted flat earth. From the very first episode of Bowler Skeptic Roundtable, I was challenging Are you noticing to these- a pattern here? They create narratives and then knock down the straw men they create. It was bizarre stuff, dude. And here's a really strange thing they had their own thread that was several years old talking about space fakery and NASA fakery, the rest of it, there wasn't anything about the Cavendish experiment. And the Cavendish experiment to this day and forevermore is the Achilles heel of outer space. Okay? The Achilles heel. Because according to the official story, you can determine the mass of the Earth and the moon and the sun and Jupiter, the rest of it, thanks to an experiment done 200 years ago by a guy with some heavy balls hanging from a torsion balance in his shed. That's the official story. So if you look up... How much, if you Google right now, how much does the earth weigh? It'll give you an answer. If you try and find where did that answer first come from, it comes from the Cavendish experiment. So the most obvious glaring problem with the official story, I found it. I'm the one who exposed this and revealed this to the so-called truth movement back to 50. It was me, believe it or not. This is all documented. These guys who'd been around for years with their thread exposing NASA fakery, all of these great researchers and uh, intellectuals, Somehow they never discovered the Achilles heel, the, the Cavendish experiment. And yet they, want, they banned me as, as, being, as being some kind of a troublemaker. And so looking back now, Boogie Man, I'm starting to think, man, there's some weird stuff going on here with these people. Some very bizarre stuff. For sure. Like, like declaring, Hoy declaring that Brian Stavely is a simp and, and his friends. For those who don't know, Brian Stavely was also one of these early no-playing people, wasn't he? These days, he's into the Mandela effect and this other nonsense. But back then, he was a good 9-11 researcher. And we talked about this on that conversation two and a half years ago. They accused Brian Stavely of being a sim. What does that even mean? Like, what, a CGI character or a... Like, what, what were they trying to even suggest? And here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. They... All Brian did was promote Simon Shack's work. That's all he really did. He was not even um, in opposition to their position and they still ridiculed him and called him a sim and all this 
And I think it was because with Brian's promotion, his his work, he was gaining attention and and people were starting to put their eyes on the clues for him. And they even reference that in the clues forum. And they say, well, it's kind of suspicious. We're getting a lot of new traffic around here. It's probably fake. Like the Stavely guy. And it's just like, wow. Like, regardless of what Hoy thinks or his suspicions are of Brian, he has to understand that declaring him a sim is going to weaken his position. To me, it destroys it. But at the bare minimum, it's going to weaken your position with your uh, Vixen report. You want people to take that serious, and then they come across this. Yeah, so if your Vixim report is the most well-known exploration of these fake victims from 9-11, and then, like, that's people associate that with you, and then you start accusing other people who've done nothing wrong to you, other researchers in the scene of being simulated as well, what, what do I think you're getting at is, what does that say about your research on the 9-11 victims? If you're going to accuse an actual real man who has a podcast and, like, he's been on camera, Stavely. He goes on camera. You can see him. So if you're going to accuse him of being a sim, what does that say about your so-called Vic Sim report? So obviously someone like me who is um, in opposition to their position, they're going to make up even crazier narratives on me. Now, it doesn't really get much crazier than you're a sim. They haven't gone that far because I'm not afraid to show my face in real name. And where I, where I live. I'm not afraid of that. Um, I understand why some people wouldn't do it. But, uh, yeah, they, they're saying that I'm some paid operative to discredit Simon and Clues for Like, that's delusional, okay? They're dead wrong on that. Like, you know, that, that alone, you know I have a temper. And that... I, I can't, I'm not a cool customer. Yeah, like I told your temper you is you my guys, one criticism of you. You're a very sure. intelligent and learned person. The 9-11 stuff, you know more about than I do. You were there. I wasn't. And I think it's one of your favorite topics, whereas for me, it's, it's a topic, but you know, right. it's not my, my own thing. So you're more knowledgeable about all of this than I am. And my only criticism of you is that sometimes you can get a little bit heated. That's, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, got, I, got, I lost control of my emotions the other day, but it's because I obviously know I'm not some paid operative and I'm not basing my arguments off of emotion. It's, it's really, it's pretty, really pretty uh, plainly laid out in the uh, fakeologist discord. If they haven't erased it, I mean, it's, it's all there. Um, it's all laid out plainly. Well, you mentioned the delusion thing. I want to touch on that. This year is the first year where I've started really looking at this, possibility examining this possibility that people are more deluded than i realized maybe i'm more deluded than i realized this idea of group think and hive minds and the way that people affect each other and then also the way people present themselves on the internet how many of these people because some of them are lying i've exposed some of these people as blatant lies the way they present themselves on the internet and i've started to think hold on does this person even know they're lying or do they actually believe the crap they're saying it's been this year, maybe the last few months, I've really started thinking more about this. We could call it the Stevie Wonder theory, right? Because we all, we have our suspicions on whether or not Stevie Wonder can see or not, right? But it's tough to tell either way. Like, and that's what I feel, how I feel about farce. Is like, does he really not see the, all the real videos of, from Manhattan, the Pentagon, and Shanksville? I mean, 
There's- well, I want to get to the videos in a moment because that's very important. We'll get to the videos in a moment. But just going back to this delusion idea, lately I've been seeing on Fakeologist people who I wouldn't have thought would go down this path. They're starting to now apparently, based on one photograph of somebody, accuse that person if they're presenting as a woman of being a man or if they're meant to be a man of being on one photograph. The other day I heard one of them saying something like, was it JFK's assassin, his mother or Something yeah, like Lee this. Lee Harvey Oswald's mother is a man. Yeah, based on one photo, and I'm thinking to myself, "What the hell am I listening to here?" I, no, I'm going to give him credit for this one because, at least in the title of the uh, picture or article, audio, I don't know what it was. I didn't even click on it. Okay, all I know is at least in the all they said was "looks like a man." Yeah, fair enough. Okay, maybe I misheard them. Maybe I misheard them, and if that's the case... For this example, I'll give them a pass, even though they don't really deserve one, because I know what they're insinuating. <laughs> but I'll give them a pass, because they just said looks. But we, we, me and you both know, and I'm sure some other listeners can confirm that, I mean, they've made some outrageous declarations, like uh, that Trump was born a woman, you know? I mean, and I haven't seen any evidence. Yeah, I think I've heard Abba make that claim. But this um, Lee Harvey Oswald's mother being a man, I think I heard this in an audio chat, and my memory was they were putting it out there as this is the case rather than, oh, they look like a man. So I'll have to go back and double-check on that. And if I'm wrong, I will retract what I said. But I do think I heard one of them saying that they believe and pronouncing it as true that Lee Harvey Oswald's mother is a man, which... Was it an audio chat? Yeah, it was an audio chat. It was an audio chat. Okay, yeah, I didn't click on it to listen. I I don't, you know, I'm not entertaining that. And and I'm thinking to myself, many of us have opinions that the rest of the world think are crazy. And so a lot of us are more tolerant of crazy opinions on these different servers because, hey, people think we're crazy, so we're more tolerant. But me, I'm thinking to myself, why am I tolerating anybody trying to pass myself off as being... We, We came to this, into these circles quote-unquote, to get away from the delusions and get away from people burying their head in, in the sand with, um, against the real evidence. Or even worse, for me, this idea that people can think they know something based on a photo. If I give you a photograph of a man or a woman, one photograph, and you can't see their nether regions, you can't see what they're packing down there, all you can see is their hands or their throat or their head or whatever, and you say to me, that you know 100% that this person, I'm, th- I'm thinking to myself, based on what? Based yeah, you on don't what? have any credibility anymore until you provide some evidence for this. Yeah, and if and someone comes back to me enough. and says, oh, no, one photograph is enough, I'm like, okay, then, so we can throw out the Vixim report then. Because that was the main thrust of the Vixim report. Look how similar all, a lot of these um, so-called victims look. It's like they've all been, a lot of them have been um, grafted from the same base photograph or something. Look well, how generic the they best are. part of their argument is that there aren't any photos for a lot of them, or they're super piss poor, and you're like, well, why would you, why wouldn't you provide a better a picture for your yeah. love? Yeah, exactly. That's fine. I'm, I'm with that. That's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm I don't cool subscribe to three thousand people dying that day. But no, I'm cool with I'm, the victim report. I'm cool you. with it. I'm cool with it. I think most of the victims are fake. What I'm saying is, if one photo is enough for you to know that a man is a woman, or vice versa then why isn't one photograph from a CNN memorial website enough to believe that, you know, Angela Snow died on 9-11? It's right there. There's a photo of it. Yeah? She must be real. Well, 
you'll notice a pattern is that they ignore the evidence and then move the goalposts and provide some evidence for their new goalpost. You know, like they won't actually address you when you back them into a logical corner. So there's that. This transvestigation thing, I released a video slash audio for my uh, website, maybe I want to say two weeks ago now, a week or two ago. It was basically like a one and a half hour presentation explaining why I think this transvestigation thing is a turd in the punch bowl, which is a term that I've stolen from you, by the way. You used it at least 20 times when we spoke two and a half years ago. And I've started using it myself. I think transvestigation, I think the way that it's – because some – I mean, Michelle Obama is a questionable character. Don't get me wrong. And there's a few of them out there. But what has happened is what has happened is it's morphed over the last few years into, oh, Conor McGregor is a woman. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a woman. Donald Trump is a woman. And the people who are saying this crap, they're saying it with the same confidence that they would say that they don't believe that, you know, people died in some of these uh, bombings or shootings. They will say with the same amount of confidence that Conor McGregor is a woman or that Donald Trump's a woman. And I'm thinking to myself, I might have overestimated these people substantially. <laughs> yes, for sure. And I'll be the first to admit, in 2010, when I was subscribed to Simon's ideas that all the collapse of his respect, I'll admit, I was a little lazy and a little, you know, just a little cultish, you know? Like, I just kind of dismissed anyone um, trying to debunk his claims as, you know, shilling for the plane narrative or whatever, you know, whatever, however way I reasoned it out. But um, once the whole Stavely thing happened, I had to take a step back first. And then I went back in maybe a year or two later to scrutinize this, um, all the collapsed footage is fake narrative. And it doesn't hold up to, to real scrutiny and real evidence and real work. At this point, probably walking back a little bit, some listeners might be like, why do you guys care so much? Let's just say that fakeologist has gone right off the deep end with this transvestigation stuff. And let's just say that Simon Shack and Hoi Puloi, they've been for years now basically silencing those who they see as threats, even if those people are no threats. It's a dead end for no planers. Yeah, let's just say that this is all true. And FACO and, and Clues Forum have, uh, they're doing more harm than good. At, let's just say that's the case. Let's just say. So what? Why should we care? I've got an answer for this, but what's your answer, Boogeyman? If someone says, okay, boys, you don't like this transvestigation turning the bunch bowl, you don't like this, um, you know, uh, talking down of Ace Baker's work, even though it's pretty good work, why, okay, why do you care so much? What would you say? I would say that anyone looking into this stuff is, uh, you know, looking for more answers and looking for people to um, talk to about this, but we can actually... For at least from my perspective, I, I would like to try to hold these people accountable, like specific people, you know. But um, that's going to be really hard if these people are claiming that that everything is fake, and these are the ones holding the flag for the no plane movement. As you can see, Clues Forum is basically dead now. Like, there's nothing going on, and I think that's on purpose. And I think that people can make a change if they stand up and stop being lazy. 9-11 is still important because we still have the Patriot Act here in America and we're still over in Iraq. And if I had to put my money on it, we're still in Afghanistan. I'm not, I, I don't know for sure, but um, 
there are people that have to suffer the consequences for these lies. It's not all fake. So I think it's important to get the truth out. Yeah, your answer is a bit different to mine. My answer is, I think for me, it's a case of I'm a bit embarrassed, actually, that I spent so many years promoting. I promoted the hell out of Fakeologist, right? And yeah, there were some people there who are very negative and toxic, whatever. But I, I looked past that and I was like, but overall, let's look at the benefit here. But if we're at the stage now where you've got people saying that they know that some historical figure is a man based on one photograph and you've got people saying that Donald Trump is a woman, if, if that's the point we've got to, and I've spent years, literally years, man, promoting that place. Me too. I kind of feel I've, like I've I'm embarrassed. I've form links all over the internet and – to any friend that I thought would take a look, I would share the link. And yes, I, I'm embarrassed that I wasn't thorough enough to see through it. But, you know, I was a lot younger then. And, you know, I, I've been accused of being naive before, but that's kind of why I'm, I'm at where I'm at now. Because I don't, I never stopped pursuing the truth in regards to 9-11. And there were a lot of hiccups along the way. And, um, you know, I, I just think it's very important. You know, I was in a senior in high school, principal said, turn the TV on. And a couple minutes after that, the second plane hit. And ever since then, I've just been kind of like, I don't know. I guess it was just a shocking thing to witness and not have an explanation for it because you know, I don't know. Well, I know you're passionate. I know you're very passionate about 9-11. For me, it's like back in 2015, back before Flat Earth became what it is. I know people can't, people who got here late can't believe it, but I'm telling you, back in 2015, it was different. I gave a lot of these Flat Earth people a platform and I helped to make it, um, like I was doing the first weekly show, the first weekly show with different guests, that was me. All the others came came after my uh, Bowlers Skeptic Roundtable. So I helped give these people a platform and some of them I still think are legitimate people, but a lot of them turned out to be anything but... And then I spent quite some time debunking the hell out of Flat Earth. And I don't think anybody's done more to debunk Flat Earth than I have. And if anyone disagrees with that, please tell me who. Who has done more to debunk Flat Earth than me? I'd love to know. And in a way, I think that was kind of like I was naive and uh, too idealistic and gullible maybe. All all these things, just hear me out, all these things. And I gave people too much benefit of the doubt for too long. And then I kind of wanted to make up. Once I realized, hold on, these people really are. There's a real problem here. I was like, okay, time to fix this up. And I did. I'm starting to feel the same way with some of, some of this shit that I've been hearing lately from fakeologists. Part of me is like, okay, just walk away from the place. And I've left their server. And part of me says, do that. But part of me is like, nope, you spent a lot of years promoting the hell out of that place. To just walk away, maybe that's not enough. Maybe you need to explain to the world that there are people on that platform who if you give them half a chance, we will try to turn your brain into mush with transvestigation crap, Mandela effect bullshit, this kind of stuff. If you've spent years promoting <laughs> it, you can't just walk away. Maybe you need to be a bit no. more vocal about how some of these people, it's one thing that some of them are toxic and negative and talk a lot of shit about people who aren't there to defend themselves. That's one thing. But if we've got to the point where they're declaring Conor McGregor a woman and Arnold Schwarzenegger a woman, and Sylvester Stallone, a woman, based on nothing but photographs. <laughs> Maybe I have to step up and say some more. 
And then you come along and okay, you are too abrasive sometimes. We we agree on that. And some people say that I am as well. Fair enough. But some of the points you're making are valid. How can, because yeah. what they're talking about is what? No real photos or videos on 9-11? Is that what they're saying? Some of these people? Correct. That's what Farce is saying. Uh, in 2021, I asked him if he thinks we have any real footage. He said, no. And I said, even at the Pentagon in Shanksville? He said, no, I haven't seen, I haven't, he says, I haven't seen any, right? So that's why I call him Stevie Wonder. So it's like, well, I can't tell if you could really see or not because, you know, I, we may never know. And that's fine. Like he can have his own delusion, right? But the facts are that, you know, we have real footage of the Pentagon and I can prove both Manhattan and the Pentagon with just some simple reasoning. Right. Like, uh, I think I sent you the video of the Pentagon that kind of highlights that they were using a smoke screen to give off the illusion of a plane crash. Correct. Yeah. And I'd never seen that video before. So for the viewers, I'll link to that in the show notes. There's, I, I didn't even know this was a thing, Boogeyman. I didn't know that they had these machines that can create that much smoke from a machine that is that uh, portable. They can create a ton of smoke from these smoke machines and they're yeah. real devices. And they're used apparently in the military, at, you know, the, the idea of a smoke screen. These are literally smoke screen devices. So the idea that they exist isn't so surprising to me. What is surprising is how effective this technology is. And so what that video seemed to be suggesting was that they could have installed smoke machines like this in the Twin Towers. All that smoke that you see in the photos and the videos. No, no, the Pentagon. The Pentagon. The, oh, the Pentagon. Sorry, that video is about the Pentagon. All the smoke that you're seeing coming out, because some of the smoke that's coming out in that footage looks like it's being pumped out as well. Like it's not just the smoke that you'd associate with a, a big fire that sort of wafts in the wind or the breeze. It seems like the smoke is being pumped out. I'd never seen that video until you sent it to me a week or two ago. Yeah. So my logic behind this is, okay, if they're trying to convince us a plane crash, they're not going to produce fake video with a smoke machine in it and no plane. Like that kind of contradicts the whole objective here to convince people that big Boeing's crash. So if it is in fact all prefabricated, they wouldn't be as dense to make that kind of blooper. Is it really a blooper though? Because the way I see it, the vast majority of people are going to believe what they're shown, no matter how ridiculous it is. So is it really a blooper or is it just, you know? Well, it's not, it's not a blooper because what they were trying to do on the ground in real life was convince you that a plane had crashed there and they used a smoke machine to do it. Right. So that, that case, it's not a blooper. Right. But we'll get to the uh, Manhattan in a second with that blooper. But in this, in this instance, it would be a blooper if what farce is saying is true, that it's, that it's all prefabricated and fake. Right. Like from the ground up. Um, if, if that were the case, my argument is they would actually fake a plane crash there, especially in Pennsylvania. What's stopping them from faking some, de- a plane crash with some debris, uh, at Shanksville. And then you got these weirdos that want to say, oh, well, they have to leave clues because of some karmatic reason. No, karma's for sheep. Okay. Real people make things happen regardless. Okay. And they don't worry about karma. Um, okay, so tell us, tell us what is your opinion then? Like, if you could just sort of give us a synopsis 
you don't believe planes went into the buildings or Pentagon or Shanksville. We're all on the right. same page there. Yeah. And you don't believe the official 3,000 figure. However, you do suspect some people could have died in the, at least in the towers, in the Twin Towers. Yeah. Or even, uh, you know, in the days after, the, the first responders going down there, breathing that air, you know. Yeah, well, we didn't even know what was in that air, do we? Even if someone says that all of – because what's that thing they, they try to say that some people died Asbestos. from breathing in the fumes? Yeah, asbestosis or something like that. So that could all be fake. But at the same time, any of us who've seen that footage of that smoke going through uh, Manhattan, would any of us want to breathe that in? Of course not. Now, if someone comes to me and says, oh, that footage was all fake too, I'm like, yeah, it could be fake. Do you actually believe all – like, do you believe literally every photo and every video of the towers on fire or of the – Manhattan covered in this smoke or of the supposed victims. Sure, some of them could be fake and I think a lot of them are. But are you going to try and tell me that literally every photo that you can find on the internet today or every video was all faked? Here's the issue. I didn't realize people actually believed that. Because I've been saying for years, I've been saying for years, any of it could be fake. But I never fell for this idea that it's literally all is fake. I didn't know they were saying that. I didn't realize people had gone that far with this stuff free to have our opinions but it's another thing to declare that we have no real imagery from the day and your simon's excuse the official excuses that they used military grade smoke machines to obscure the towers before they came down and there were electromagnetic countermeasures taken so no one could film it you know and we we is yet to produce a single piece of evidence for a smoke screen or that nobody could use their camera down there. Now I, I will be the first to admit that even in Pennsylvania where I was that day, you, the cell phone service was down, but that does not, that's not proof that no one took pictures or videos when we have hundreds of pictures and videos. And uh, like I shared to you in uh, our direct message, a picture from a friend of mine is in Brooklyn. He's not even in Manhattan. He's in Brooklyn. You can see it. So people from all over, even New Jersey, could see the towers burning. And they have photographs to confirm it. My friend's not the only one with a camera. That day. So do you believe the towers? Because you know how there was all that smoke coming out of the towers. Do you believe now that that likely was created by a smoke machine? Or do you think that was just internal fires? What's your explanation for that? I think... <laughs> and you, and this is... Maybe you'll get a chuckle out of it once you take the time to think about what you just said. But um, I think the smoke came from fire. I don't think that's such a crazy thing to, to say, right? Like, but you, oh, so you well, think whoever did this, from? whoever did this just like started, for, like whoever was behind this whole 9-11 uh, escapade, you think they just right. sort of set a few things in those, on those levels on, well, on fire, like what carpet or we, like we whatever? Have the attack. We have the 9-11 quote-unquote attack on the $20 bill that was issued, that the new bill was issued in 1996, right? And I'm sure you've seen people fold the, the uh, bill and you can see the towers and the Pentagon on the back, right? I've seen, yeah, I've seen that. I, I have never actually Not held a, an American 20. bill in my hand and tested it, but okay. I've seen those well, images. I've done it. I've done it. it it's legit. And, you know, after all, 9, 11, 9, 9 plus 11 is 20. 
And uh, yeah, you can see the tower on one side and the Pentagon on the other. You got United and American on the bill. And those were the two airlines used. So to me, that's evidence that this was planned well in advance. Right now, we all, all, we've all seen a bunch of different predictive programming over the years. The only point I'm trying to make, come back to my point here, is that they had a lot of time to plan this out and get it right. So I'm not exactly sure the logistics of how they did it, but it seems like they had uh, created some explosions for effect, right? So everyone would see this. And, and, you know, the effect is, oh, a big plane just crashed into the building, right? And all that kerosene, boom, created this big fireball. Well, that's just... You know, it's pyrotechnics or a bomb, whatever it is. I don't know. That's above my pay grade, you know, on how they did it. Just like if your girlfriend cheated on you, are you going to be able to know what positions she got screwed in? Maybe, but probably not. Like, the only way you're going to know is if she tells you. And how do you know if she's telling you the truth or not? So, same with the, uh, these explosions and the, the smoke coming out of the towers. Yeah, they did it for effect, to produce the effect that Two big Boeings crashed in the building. How they went about doing that, it's going to be tough for me to give you, you know. An yeah, obviously, you, you don't know, and I don't know. All we can do is speculate. I'm just curious to get what's your best take on this, because here's the thing. All of that smokescreen stuff, when I first saw that and heard about that on Clues Forum all those years ago, that was one thing I didn't really buy into. I was like, because at that time, I didn't realize just how effective these smoke machines are, you see. So what's yeah. interesting is over, over the last few weeks, since you've come back to Fakeologist, I've actually found myself more in agreement with one of the Clues Forum's ideas, which is the smoke screen or the intentional smoke. That part well, actually makes a lot more sense to me now. We don't have any evidence of that. No, but we do, we do have the footage and, the, and then the photos, some of which I believe must be real, of a shit ton of smoke coming out. So the smoke has to have come from somewhere. Sure. And now, okay, I will leave open the possibility that they had smoke machines inside the buildings to create the effect that we saw, right? Yeah, yeah However, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. Like with my, my friend's picture I showed you from Brooklyn, it shows a bunch of smoke, but you can see the building. What Simon is saying in, on Clues Form is that these, this smoke screen covered the towers so you could not see anything. You understand? And that's his excuse on why there's no real pictures, like my friend's picture, right? He's going to say that's a fake picture, and my friend's fake, but he would never say that in Brooklyn. He would, because <laughs> there's, there's tens of thousands of people who also saw it and have pictures. So, you know, obviously... Okay, so I think we're on the same page. Pages. I think we're on the same page. This is why these conversations is more productive, because we're, we're sort of working with each other here. So I think we're on the same yeah. page. You, sure. you, know, you know how the smoke was created. I don't know how it was created, but I don't believe it was a plane and diesel fuel. So how was the smoke created? Could have been a smoke machine. In fact, that's my best guess at this point. Those smoke machines, those military-grade ones, those are amazingly effective at creating smoke. So my best guess is they installed a, a smoke machine, but maybe it was just a fire. They just, I don't know, put a ton of stuff in there, maybe some barrels of diesel, I don't know, and set them alight. I don't know. But there's- You'll have to go back to the um, actual footage from that day because... According to some firefighters, the, the fires were actually going out before the build, just before the buildings collapsed. Well, there's still the issue of what would the fires be of, though, because I don't believe those towers were full of officers. I think, I think the explosions 
cause the smoke. But I will leave open the possibility that they had smoke machines up there to keep the impression going that a, a plane had actually hit the building. But the, we ha- we can't we can't dismiss the explosions that we all saw. Okay, so the explosions is in. On the footage that we were given with planes going to the buildings, which we both agree are fake and, in my opinion, cartoon-like, no, in your no, opinion, no. what we, there was, there was real we explosions. Have... There was real explosions, and you think the footage of real explosions, they then overlaid the planes onto the footage of the real explosions? Is that what you think Correct. has occurred? Correct. Yeah. So, so it's not – It's the planes are fake. That's why we. I, I have to be clear here. Um, and I think you would agree with this. If you have some real footage, right, and then you edit it or manipulate it in some way, um, I guess you could call it fake if you want, but it's, it's more accurately manipulated, real manipulated footage, right? So that's what I think they did live on 9-11 is the, the, the explosions happened in real life for people to witness on the ground. Whether they're watch, they're on the ground and watching TV at the same time. I'm sure there were some people doing that. Um, so it, it all matches, and they inserted the planes on TV. So people that are observing it that did not notice a plane will just say, "Oh, well, I just must have missed it," or whatever. It doesn't really matter because the machine moves forward with the propaganda that it was 19 Muslims. So it doesn't really matter. Now, they could have done a flyby. So people saw something and they just kind of put two and two together and make five, but they do it anyway. You know, like people just want to be a part of it. Like, oh, I saw a plane. So it had to go into the building or whatever. You know, how people's reasoning is. Like the people at Clues Forum, their reasoning is faulty. So we know people will reason some shit out, even if it, it doesn't really add up in the end. Well, David, how much more time have you got left? I know you've got other things you need to tend to later on today, whereas for me, it's already evening, so I'm good for time. How much time have you got left? I got an hour. Oh, perfect. All right, let's wrap up this uh, first part of call. In the second part, I want to come back and talk with you. I still don't believe in paid shills. I just don't believe in them. When I first got into this scene, of course, I was affected by everybody telling me there's all these paid shills everywhere. Of course, at the beginning, I kind of fell for it, but didn't take long to realize this is uh, – I don't believe in it. I just don't believe it. I think it's all bullshit. And so if I do have disagreements with people pushing this trans crap at fakeologists and elsewhere, I don't think they're doing it nefariously. I've got a sneaking suspicion these people have got swept up in a hive mind they don't understand and they've gone right off the deep end. But I don't think it's nefarious. Similarly with my feelings about fakeologists uh, and clues for them when it comes to 9-11, I don't think these people are nefarious. What the, the position I've come to now is some of these people, even seemingly intelligent people, even people who know about a lot of the stuff that, that we talk about in this corner of the internet about media fakery and all this other stuff, they're very affected by repetition and by hive mind. And I don't so like I think, liars. Well, I think some of these people aren't lying, man. I think they're just, well, they actually truly believe the crap they're saying. Okay. So that you really think they believe that I'm, a, a, I'm paid to go in the Discord like they're alleging? <laughs> Like, that is insane. Yeah, they have no proof for that. A lot of these people do believe in paid shills, man. It's unfortunate, but it's just part of this. But there's no of the proof. There's no evidence for that other than I disagree with what I they're know. saying. 
so they're not to be taken seriously. I get you. And that's going back to what we said earlier. That's why I'm and they're old enough to know. Disappointed like, in myself. They claim to be reasonable, right? They claim to be at the cutting edge of this type of research. And like, they're really just cult members. So for me, Farce doesn't get any respect because the reason why, and this is the reason why I went off on him. Because, it's, and if you, you can go back and listen to the call, the first, stand on his position. He has to state what my position is and then attack it. But what he's not actually stating my position, he's creating a narrative, right? So after he does that 10 times on the Discord, right? You start to question. Well, you're just, you're just breaking up at the moment, man. So this is a good time to wrap up the first part of the call anyway. I just want to make it clear for this public part of the call that I'm not accusing people of intentionally trying to undermine the so-called truth movement or anything. I'm not, I don't believe in that crap. What I have come around to the position, though, is that some people are doing themselves and their community members and the people they mix with a big disservice and possibly some psychological harm, I think, with some of the stuff they're putting out there. And for these reasons and more, I want to go into more detail about this, which we'll do in the second hour of this call. If you don't have access to the second hour of the call, don't worry about it. I'll put a link to my chat with Boogeyman from two years ago. We went into great detail about 9-11, and it was a lot better structured because I had notes and everything prepared for that call. So we went through 9-11 step by step, what we think happened and why we think that, and then the history of the 9-11 truth movement. Very interesting stuff. That's available right now publicly. Link to that in the show notes. I'll link to the fast value and boogeyman chat. However, I don't really recommend that. I, I don't think it reflects well on anybody. You're better off listening to the conversations with boogeyman or with the fast value and DB user conversation. I'll link to that as well. If you want to hear fast, go and hear the one with DB user. If you want to hear boogeyman, go and hear the conversation with me and him two and a half years ago. The chat with boogeyman and fast, I personally cannot recommend. It's uh, not good radio. I don't recommend it either. <laughs> yeah. But I'll put a link to it anyway. And if you do want the second hour of this call, information about how to get that is available in the show notes below as well. I've had with me Boogeyman on the 26th of September, 2023. This has been the official public part of the conversation. We'll come back. And in the second hour, now that I've got all this out of the way, there's a few little things that I've picked up on Boogeyman that I still don't believe people are nefarious. But if I did believe in paid shills, I know who I'd be pointing the finger at. And if these people want to claim there are paid shills out there, Let's look at their track record because it doesn't look good for certain people. And we'll talk about that in the second hour of the call. But for the first hour, Boogeyman, you get the final thoughts for the official conversation, number 34. Thanks for being our guest. We'll see you again in just a moment for the second hour. But for the first hour, give us your final thoughts. Well, John, I just want to thank you for having me on. I always admire your way of uh, being able to keep your cool and stay on point. I think you should... uh, It'd be great if you could have a, a bigger platform to show off your skills, but I think you're doing good work. So uh, again, just thanks for having having me on to uh, explain my side of things. You've been listening to Bonversations. Find more episodes at johnlebon.com. We appreciate and thank all of the supporters who make this possible. Now have yourself a lovely day. It wasn't a tent. It was this magnificent thing. How dare you?